It is time for us to begin our midday program here on KRVN. Thank you so much for joining us. Hope you're having a good morning. Scott Foster in here with you. We're going to take a look at uh, some of the top stories that are affecting all of us over the next couple hours. And uh, I've got Susan Littlefield here, first of all. And uh, no rain last night, hopefully, Susan. So maybe we've got some things to dry up a little bit. Definitely no rain, but a lot of uh, aerial spraying going on yesterday and even this morning. Yeah, well, and that's going to be a lot of that going on for a while, I suppose. But I tell you what, the the crops look great. Good to see the corn tasseling. Oh, it is. You know, and now I'm I'm sneezing, but I will take the sneezing <laughs> with corn pollinating. It's good good for our producers right now. Always something, right? What do you got for us today? Hey, we're going to learn more coming up at uh, 1219. Shelly Peters catches up with Alan Vanolik. He was at the Aurora Co-op's Farm Succession Meeting just last week, and they sit down to talk about what's happening for our producers that are planning to pass along the family farm. At 1245, Brandon will step in as a church is hosting a golf scramble, and that is all for flood relief. And then stepping in at 117 will be Bryce as we learn more about the event at Corn Congress that helps educate farmers, students, and others about trade and, of course, all those crazy acronyms we all deal with. Mm, Very good. All right. Thank you so much, Susan. I appreciate it. No problem. Thank you. Turn over to Jason Jorgensen. We were going to talk about how to solve world peace, but we decided to... (laughs) I mean, Jason knows how to do it, but we decided we should talk about sports instead. We'll stick to sports instead. (laughs) So, so Bill Moose came out and had a few things to say about stuff. Yeah, uh, a little different tune than him a year ago. Remember how boisterous he was after he... I, I was at an event last year, and he says, you know, Jim Harbaugh and Urban Meyer looking over their shoulder at Scott Frost, <laughs> and then the Huskers open up 0-6 last year. But uh, Bill Moose, he's excited about the upcoming season like the rest of us. Had a chance to get some comments from him last week at Chicago. We'll play those for you. The Nebraska Coaches Association All-Star Basketball Games took place last night in Lincoln. UNK recruit played very, very well in the game. We will tell you about him and uh, touch on some Legion baseball around the area. So a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Speaking of the NCAA games, the All-Star Volleyball match is set for tonight at 6. So they always run all of those together. Here's a picture that I've had in my mind over the last week of when uh, the guys coming to Media Days from Nebraska were late, and they were driving from Gary, Indiana. And uh, I'm just trying to figure out what the seating arrangement was in there, because Khalil, they said, was in front, and they so, so Scott could sit in the back. So I, I'm not sure who was driving. They had a professional driver. Oh, did they? Oh, yeah, they hired that out. Okay. So they all needed right. someone who knew the landscape getting through all the traffic I'm just, in the greater Chicago area. I'm just seeing Adrian and uh, Mo, and yeah. then Scott stuck right in the middle. <laughs> I still don't know why they didn't go the night before. I don't get that either. All right. Thank you, Jason. We turn it over to Dave Schroeder. Sorry, Dave, we took some of your time. But That's all right. Absolutely. Well, uh, stocks are kind of edging higher today. The Dow Jones Industrial Average up around 38 points. NASDAQ up a point. Uh, the S&P 500 up seven right now. Uh, the stocks are urging higher, mainly on gains from companies like Coca-Cola, Hasbro, and Stanley Black & Decker, all rising sharply after their earnings were better than analysts had been expecting. So uh, some uh, slight rise there. and We'll have more on that coming up here in our business report. All right, very good. That's all coming up on Midday. Time for us to take a look at our weather and how it's affecting 
agriculture for us and around the world in a very nice day again a lot like yesterday really isn't it as paul joins us exactly yeah temperature is uh, very cool for today low humidity so mm-hmm. a lot of people enjoying that maybe not helping out with the crop progress but at least it's uh, giving us some relief from that heat that we did see yesterday yeah, absolutely and it, it just a gorgeous night last night and and stuff like that and we should see the same tonight exactly yeah it's, as temperatures tonight back into the upper 50s to around 60 not as chilly last night uh, the night before we had temperatures into the upper 40s in northern wow. areas of nebraska but last night those temperatures more so in the upper 50s to low 60s region wide across the area right now we do have temperatures pretty much in the low and mid 70s across the area just some passing clouds a thin band of clouds in central nebraska especially right along the highway 281 corridor from o'neill down through grand Island hastings red cloud towards the Bloy, kansas area maybe a few more thicker clouds in west central nebraska from about West of Valentine, down through Hyannis, Ogallala, and North Platte. But otherwise, very quiet across the region for weather today. Low to mid-70s on those temperatures. Very nice day. Another day today with those temperatures about 10 degrees cooler than normal. Then a warming trend begins for tomorrow. That will last through early next week as a ridge of high pressure over the Rockies builds to the east. We will see the remnants of some thunderstorms late in the day tomorrow over the high plains, trying to make it into Nebraska by tomorrow night and Thursday. Otherwise, their temperatures late this week through early next week. On the seasonal side, there are some small chances for thunderstorms returning by late Saturday into early Monday with some weak disturbances overall the next seven days looking dry. In the long-term forecast, chances remain good for warmer than normal temperatures for Sunday through the first five days of August. In Nebraska, Kansas, and pretty much all of the U.S., the lone exception across the southeast U.S. For reference in central Nebraska, daytime highs during late July are usually in the upper 80s with overnight lows averaging in the low to mid-60s. The long term now looking dry with below normal rainfall indicated for Sunday through the 5th of August in Nebraska, Kansas, and the Plain States. Key weather factors affecting the markets include a cool Midwest forecast and favorable, favorable conditions in the Black Sea region. Dry weather will prevail the next five days in most areas from the central and southern plains into the lower Great Lakes. Near or below normal temperatures are expected in most of the central and eastern U.S. Excuse me there. That trend will be favorable for pollinating corn and flowering soybeans across the plains. Row crop progress, though, remains the lowest it's been in about 25 years. Despite last week's heat wave, only 35% of the U.S. corn crop is silking right now. That compares to the five-year average of 66%. As of this last Sunday, not a single acre of winter wheat have been harvested in South Dakota and Montana. That compares to the five-year averages of 42%, usually harvested in South Dakota and 15% in Montana. In the Southern Plains, warm but not hot weather will be mostly favorable for row crops and livestock. In the Black Sea region, the corn in South and East Ukraine through West and South Russia will benefit from some periodic rain and variable temperatures the next 10 days. Across France, key growing areas expected to see above to well above normal temperatures the next few days, followed by more variable temperatures. Thunderstorms for Friday and Saturday in France expected to benefit the crops in need of more rain and less heat. Well, uh, not a ton of stuff going on in weather right now, so that's good because we would have lost you completely. Yes. <laughs> But, yeah, it's uh, about as quiet as you can get yeah. for a late part of July. I mean, no, not even talking about any extreme heat like we yep. had to talk about last week. 
So, well, I think that's probably a good thing. It's all of a sudden like uh-huh. we're uh, we're weather forecasters in San Diego right now. <laughs> exactly. And probably going to try a tend, uh, trend towards that probably the next few uh, few weeks there anyhow because that forecast indicating to be dry for the next 14 days. Okay. All right. Very good. Well, thank you, Paul. I appreciate it. Where do you go to check in on your weather? It's where I find a glass of water, krbn.com. <laughs> Radio Network. I'm Shaylee Peters, and we have a very familiar voice with us. It's Alan Vanalik, Extension Educator in Farm Succession with the University of Nebraska-Lincoln. And Alan, you talked about a lot of different things today, and all of it was something that um, the people present needed to hear. It's a very important topic, one that a lot of people don't always like to visit about, though, but it is encouraging when you see people out attending these events showing interest. Um, One of the things I kind of went through and picked out some of the, the big points of interest. You went over phases of transfer to the next generation, and that's kind of a wide open statement, but you narrowed it down just a little bit. Let's go into first, you mentioned testing. What exactly do you mean by that? So if we're going to bring uh, the younger generation back to our farm, uh, the first thing I think we better consider with them is, is are they uh, adapted or do they really want to work? Do, they really, do we have to test them to make sure we get them into testing phase to see if they really want to be a part of the farming operation? I visited with a couple of families one-on-one, recent, one-on-one recently where uh, they're going, well, I think maybe we should just get in on this Lincoln Premium Poultry thing and build some chicken buildings uh, and uh, borrow the money, build some chicken buildings, and then our, our son or daughter can come back to our operation by uh, working with the chickens and uh, two hours per building per day and they can do that and then still help me with the farming operation and I'm, I'm kind of going well wait a minute have you really thought through that testing part of that thing how much time have you spent in a chicken barn and in one case the, the children had spent no time in a chicken barn they never were around chickens in their entire life in the other case the farmer said I got my boys down into a chicken barn in Kansas for about 30 minutes and so, do, do we really know that these 20-somethings or 30-something young, younger people, are they really wanting to raise chickens or not? Because we're making a tremendous investment in chicken facilities, and then to have them decide in two or three years, this isn't for me, and then you're stuck with it for another 10 or 15 years, whatever's left in that contract, that's a crazy option to me, and you got a lot of money on the line here. And so really make sure your testing is done properly in terms of vetting the interest in that younger person to really be on the farm and do the things you want to have them do. Along with this, you also mentioned uh, doing all of the tasks. And what you mean by that, basically, who's going to be doing what? The management transfer has to be considered after you consider the testing. And management transfer means... Are we willing to let that younger generation have part of the management? In other words, don't just hold all the management yourself. Don't, you have to give up some control. You don't have to give up all the control, but give them an 80 or give them a quarter somewhere or give them a section of grass or give them the cow herd or give them the swine operation. Just give them part of the operation, not enough to sink you, but enough that they get their feet wet they cut their teeth, they learn something. Uh, you know, some farmers would want to give up to their sons the marketing of the crop or something like that. Give them something so they are in charge of something. If you just have that younger generation be a hired man, essentially, and not give them any control over anything, how long are they going to want to stay working for you? You have to you share that management. Do it with written plans. Have it written down and date when all this is going to happen by. 
In other words, uh, over a period of time, you're going you're gonna to develop a plan where, where maybe at 50 you'd give up no control, but by 60 you've got to start giving up control, and by 65 or 70 you've got to give up most of the control to that younger generation. doesn't mean you have to quit farming. You can still farm, but you let that younger, younger generation take over more of the management and more of that. That has to be transferred. It has to be planned. It has to be written down. All right. Thanks so much. Again, Alan Vanalik, our guest. He's an extension educator, farm succession with the University of Nebraska, Lincoln, Nebraska Extension. He spoke recently at the Aurora Cooperative's Farm Ranch Transition and Succession Meeting. I'm Shaylee Peters, and you're listening to the Rural Radio Network. Over the past 18 years, KRPN, The River, and Cami have given away some pretty incredible vehicles, and this year will be no exception. We're also honoring our Nebraska Strong this summer, so follow us to special Nebraska events, fairs, festivals, and concerts all summer long, and register for your chance to win a brand new 2018 Ram 4x4 pickup. This beauty has a custom Dodge bulge hood and a spray-on bedliner. Being Nebraska Strong, we would like to encourage you to continue with relief efforts to our friends, neighbors, and family across the state by making donations through Nebraska Farm Bureau. Helping us bring the Ram to your town is Foz Garage, Arapahoe and Bob Motor Company, Cambridge, Eustace Body Shop, Eustace Cozad, Lexington, Kearney, Grand Island, and Lincoln, and Central Valley Irrigation, Holdridge, Lexington, and Kearney. Head over to the Fun and Games page at krvn.com to find out when the Ram will be in your area. Register and you could be bringing it home. Well, it's time for us to take a look at sports. Jason Jorgensen in studio with me. Jason, we didn't get a chance to talk about this, but Here's the one thing I'd take away from the British Open. You see a guy like Shane Lowry, and you kind of feel like uh, we all have a chance. You're a good golfer. So what are you trying to say about that? I'm just saying that he's kind of an everyman sort of guy. He, it, it, you know, he may never win another major, but I like the shot that he did. He played well. I see your point. So. <laughs> Okay, he doesn't look like someone who would play in the NBA. He doesn't look or, like or Ricky NFL, Flower, no. Fowler. He doesn't look like Bo Watson. He looks like a common guy. Okay, okay well, that's all, all right. I wanted to say. Go okay, ahead. Okay, appreciate it. Hey, for a team that won just four games last year, Nebraska has received plenty of preseason hype going into Scott Frost's second year as head coach. And athletic director Bill Moose is okay with that kind of attention. Uh, this is Nebraska. We've got a brand, and uh, we need to get it uh, dusted off and back where it belongs. And uh, uh, you know, year two, uh, maybe that's not quite there yet. Three sounds even a little bit better. But you, you heard Scott talk about the fact that we really don't have very many seniors on offense. So uh, keep an eye on this program. Uh, I, I can't say eight, nine, ten wins. I don't know, but I do know last year we uh, got progressively better each week. NU is the preseason pick by many to win the Big Ten West Division title this season. Ohio is the favorite to win the Mid-American Conference Football Championship. Bobcats received 24 first-place votes at Media Day. Good old Frank Solich has won 106 games in Ohio since 2005. The former Nebraska coach is five wins away from breaking the max coach record for victories. UNK basketball recruit Winston Cook of Wahoo scored a game-high 24 points and ripped down 10 rebounds to help the Red Squad beat the Blues 116-107 to last night in the Nebraska Coaches Association All-Star Game. And York All-Stater and North Dakota-bound Brady Danielson had 20 points in the girls' game. The Reds beat the Blues 78-63. to Now the NCAA All-Star Games continue tonight with a volleyball match beginning at 6 at Lincoln North Star. South Loop basketball star Jesse Salak has announced her verbal commitment to play basketball at Fort Hayes State. 
The 6-1 post will be a member of their 2020 recruiting class. And the Kearney Little Leaguers won the state championship this week. They'll now head to Indiana for the regional tournament with a chance to play in the Little League World Series. That event begins on August the 3rd. New Denver Broncos coach Vic Fangio is finally implementing his philosophies developed over four decades as an assistant. At 61 years old, he's one of six rookie head coaches in the NFL this season. Among the changes he's implemented in Denver is no music at practice, no hollering from his coaches, and no loose practice jerseys that could lead to holding habits. Apparently he has not watched Last Chance U. Because no. <laughs> that's completely different. So. As, a, uh, as a suffering Broncos fan mm-hmm. the last couple of years, I can only hope. He's so much better than Vance Joseph. Well, the, only hope. The bar is not set very <laughs> high for him. Right. Win nine games, get to the playoffs. That would be great. That's that's all we need. That's a check of sports. For more, find it anytime at krvn.com. I'm Jason Jorgensen. Thanks a lot, Jason. Time for us to take a look at uh, the news around the area. And uh, Brandon Bennett's in here in the studio. TD Ameritrade having a really nice quarter. Put it under the category of it's good work if you can find it. Mm. it it's good work if you can find it. <laughs> fiscal third quarter earnings. Not the physical, not Olivia Newton-John getting physical, but the physical really? third quarter earnings. Olivia Newton-John. I, I am a, a reach. I am a full service news broadcaster here. Jeez. I bring you the deep cut. Deep, yeah, deep, deep, deep undercover. Third quarter earnings jumped twenty three percent, saying it's and it's and at the same time it's searching also for a new CEO. Of course, the Omaha based company said earlier yesterday that it earned five hundred and fifty five million dollars. That equates to one dollar per share in the quarter. Ameritrade CEO Tim Hockey also has decided to leave the firm in February. Secretary of Agriculture Sonny Perdue recently announced the USDA will be working on to close a loophole that has allowed states to make participants receiving the TANF, the Temporary Assistance for Needy Families, benefits, then automatically they're eligible to participate in SNAP, or Food Stamps, SNAP, the Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program. Secretary Perdue told reporters why it's important this loophole get closed. Unfortunately, automatic eligibility has expanded to allow even millionaires and others who simply receive a TANF-funded brochure to become eligible for SNAP when they clearly don't need it. In fact, the depth of this specific flexibility has become so egregious that to recently a millionaire living in Minnesota successfully enrolled in the program simply to highlight the waste of taxpayer money. A missing South Dakota woman has been found in Nebraska, and her ex-boyfriend has been arrested for assaulting her. 21-year-old Rapid City woman has been treated for significant injuries, quote-unquote, at Shattering Community Hospital on Sunday. The Nebraska State Patrol says the hospital staff called police after the woman said she was sexually assaulted and beaten multiple times at a Shattered Motel. Family members in South Dakota reported the woman missing back on July 14th. A poultry farm that could house up to 380,000 chickens has been proposed for Lancaster County as the county considers new regulations for such a large livestock operation. The Lincoln Journal-Star reports that Sunset Poultry applied for a special permit for eight barns holding up to 47,500 chickens each. The chickens would then go to the Lincoln Premium Poultry Plant in Fremont and be processed for chickens at Costco. Lincoln Premium spokesperson says Sunset Poultry would abide by the new regulations. Authorities have charged a driver 
accused of causing a, a central Nebraska collision of two pickup trucks that killed three people. Court records say Jesse Scarlett is charged with three counts of manslaughter. The records don't yet indicate an attorney for Jesse, Mr. Scarlett. And then authorities also say the crash north of St. Labore killed 48-year-old Eric John and 41-year-old Tara Roy, both of Danabrog. The passenger in Scarlett's pickup truck, 19-year-old Brianna Loveland, was also killed, and authorities say Scarlett ran a stop sign. And our final note here, just got word into the KRVN News Center that Dr. Ron Rosati, Dean of the Nebraska College of Technical Agriculture, is retiring. His last date is scheduled for August 5th. So on behalf of all of us in KRVN Nation and for everything that he's done for not just the Curtis campus but also the NU system, wish Dr. Rosati the best in his retirement. And we'll be talking to him one last time on our chat with the Chancellor before he has a chance to get out of here. All right, very good. Thank you. You'll be uh, coming up here in just a few minutes once again, Brandon. You'll be hearing me talk about a very special fundraiser one month from today. New Life Church in Kearney is sponsoring with an international organization based out of Springfield, Missouri, called Convoy of Hope to not just bring hope internationally, but especially with all the flooding that we've had in Nebraska, both in March and in July, uh, a special fundraiser to help local with the dollars that will stay local. All right, very good. Thank you. Brandon Bennett's with the Rural Radio Network talking with Jeff Baker, the senior pastor at New Life Church in Kearney, about a golf scramble fundraiser coming up in late August to help those in need affected by the Nebraska flood relief efforts. Brother Jeff, tell us a little bit about this background and what Convoy of Hope is and how New Life Church is connected to this golf scramble and fundraiser. Convoy of Hope is a faith-based national humanitarian relief organization that's been around now for 25 years. We've been a partner with them for the last two decades. So for 20 years, every single year we've participated with them. Convoy of Hope focuses on a couple of key initiatives. First off, they respond to disaster relief. So the flooding that's happened in Nebraska, as an example, they have responded. And they've served somewhere around 20,000 individuals. They've brought almost 13 semi-truckloads, whether that's water or that's mud kits for families to help clean up their homes, or it's clothing, or it's shovels and rakes to help clean up the mess that's taking place. But they're also responding to hurricanes, earthquakes. They do that here in America, but they do that around the world. And so we've been a part of sending full container loads to other places that might have disasters, just like we're going through here in Kearney right now. So Convoy of Hope is focused on the basic needs of humanity, whether they're going through uh, seasons of hunger and poverty, or they're in moments of devastation and destruction that's happening by natural disasters. And so we wanted to be uh, a sponsor with them again this year and do something creative this year that we haven't done in years past. So we thought maybe one of the ways that we could give thousands of dollars to Convoy of Hope, which will go to meet all of these very practical needs, was let's use something that we enjoy golf. And so we put together a uh, golf scramble that's going to happen on uh, Friday, August the 23rd at Meadowlark here in Kearney. And it's just to get a bunch of people out. we got a limit of 34 teams. I'll take over the entire golf course. And uh, we're going to take all the proceeds and we're going to give those to Convoy of Hope. And Jeff, let's dig into the details a little bit about this event. Tell us more with regards to this Convoy of Hope golf scramble coming up on Friday, August 23rd. 
The shotgun starts going to be at 10 a.m. Uh, registration will begin at 9 a.m. You can sign your team up by going to mynewlifechurch.com, and then you can click on the icon for the golf scramble and get your team signed up. A team of four with your green fees and lunch included is going to be $400. That's just package A. Package B will get you all of that, plus the player card, which gives you a mulligan. It also gets people into the flag prizes, plus the raffle tickets where we're going to have a number of items donated by local businesses to give away. Package B is $500. You've also got whole sponsorships where, you know, for $150, a business can sponsor a whole, or we have corporate sponsorship as well for $500. So if you go to mynewlifechurch.com, click on the golf icon, and uh, you can get your four-person scramble. You can get you guys signed up, and you can also get your business signed up as a uh, whole sponsor. Brandon Bennett's with the Rural Radio Network talking with Jeff Baker, the senior pastor at New Life Church in Kearney, about the Convoy of Hope golf scramble coming up on Friday, August 23rd. Jeff, why is this event important, not just globally or even nationally for Convoy of Hope, but even locally here for the New Life Church? We've got uh, a state that has suffered in many of our rural communities, and now here in Kearney as well, with the flooding that's taking place. Convoy of Hope responded day number one. They showed up instantaneously with uh, semi-truck loads into our state, and they're continuing to serve our state in recovery efforts with homes, whether that's debris removal jobs. Uh, they've been doing a number of those, and there's going to be many more of those to come. Well, all of that takes money, and this is one way that we can give to an organization that is international, but yet is small enough to focus on the needs of Nebraska. And one of the ways that uh, we can come alongside them and say, look, we believe in what you're doing. We love the fact that you love our state and that you're meeting the needs of our neighbors here in Nebraska, and we want to be a part of that. So New Life Church cares about the needs of others. We care about the suffering that's happening around the world, but we're not so internationally focused that we overlook the backyard. And we care about our community. We care about Nebraska and we care about the needs that are happening in Nebraska. And so we're excited to partner with Convoy of Hope because they care about the needs of Nebraska as well. And so the dollars that we raise will be used in the efforts to offset the cost of the flood relief. And I think that anybody who participates with that can feel really good about themselves coming out for one day, have fun golfing, meet other people of a, a like heart, meet other business owners that have a like heart, and let's just do something good together that's going to benefit the needs of those that are going through time right now that are suffering. Jeff, the last word is yours. Final thoughts on ways people can get involved, and especially about this Golf Scramble fundraiser coming up on Friday, August 23rd. If you want to participate in this Convoy of Hope golf tournament, you need to go to MyNewLifeChurch.com. You can sign up there. I would also say this. In light of the most recent flooding that's taken place here on July 9th and 10th here in Kearney and uh, Buffalo County and out into Lexington and over into Wood River and all the areas that are being affected right now, you can also go to MyNewLifeChurch.com, and at the very top of the page in a red banner, you can click there and you can say, I want to volunteer. I want to be a part of the solution, but I don't know where to go. So if you don't know where to go, and you, but you want to be a part and you don't want to get in the way, if you'll click on that icon as we find out about needs, we're emailing that out to everybody, and people are showing up. Now, we're trying to be a clearinghouse to the best of our ability for people that want to participate in flood relief. So whether it's signing up for the golf tournament or it's signing up to help serve, we encourage you to go to MyNewLifeChurch.com, and we'll do our best to direct you to uh, places and people and other organizations that are doing incredible work to meet the needs of our neighbors here in Nebraska. 
That was Jeff Baker, senior pastor at New Life Church in Kearney, talking about the Convoy of Hope Golf Scramble fundraiser, helping out with flood relief efforts. That Golf Scramble fundraiser coming up on Friday, August 23rd. With the Rural Radio Network, this is Brandon Bennett's. Time to take a look at uh, the markets and see what their financial markets, that is, and see what they're doing. Green across the board today as we uh, go around the world internationally. The Japanese Nikkei Index was up 206 points. The Hang Seng in Hong Kong was up 95. The FTSE in London was up 42. And the German DAX Index was up uh, very robust, 204. Here in the United States, the Dow Jones Industrial Average up 142 points right now. NASDAQ up 26, and the S&P was up 15. Dave Schroeder in studio now to make sense of it all. Well, I don't know about making sense, but we'll add to it. Stocks are edging higher, as you mentioned, uh, Scott, in early trading on Wall Street. Uh, Consumer product companies and banks are gaining ground today. Coca-Cola, Hasbro, Stanley Black, and Decker all rose sharply after reporting earnings that were better than analysts were expecting. Banks were also higher, including Bank of America. that uh, Their stock has rose 1.3% today. Meanwhile, U.S. home sales tumbled 1.7% in June with rising prices and a scarce supply locking out many Americans from ownership. The National Association of Realtors says homes were sold last month at a seasonally adjusted annualized rate of 5 million units. Sales have shriveled 2.2% over the past 12 months. That's despite such positive trends as a robust job market and falling mortgage rates. The International Monetary Fund is downgrading its outlook for the world economy because of simmering international trade tensions, but at the same time the fund is boosting its forecast for U.S. economy this year, citing expectations that the Federal Reserve will cut interest rates. Uh, one, uh, t- uh, one more item along the uh, financial side of things. Uh, we talk about scams from time to time, and and this utility scam keeps popping up in various forms. The latest uh, iteration reported by the Butler County Sheriff's Department uh, in David City. Uh, David City Utilities has been informed that their name is being used on an online bill website, and David City Utilities does not offer online payments through the city website. So if you're using your bank's online bill pay, Please make sure you're using the correct online bill pay, as hackers are extremely uh, creative in making you go to a third-party website and setting up an account through their site uh, to have you use their bill pay options. So that's another iteration of the utility scam. So be very wary, especially if you see any kind of a third party. And and check the URLs on some of these online things and make sure they're not... Ending with a CO or an ME or some of those things that yeah, can be. Should have HTTPS yes, on there, too. Yes, should be secure. Thank you very much, Dave. I appreciate it. USMCA, TPP, CPTPP. There are many acronyms for free trade agreements. A recent event helped farmers understand the importance of those agreements. On the Rural Radio Network, I'm Bryce Stubskit reporting. Those trade agreements are vital to American farmers and ranchers. According to Farmers for Free Trade, the United States exports 50% of major commodity crops such as corn, wheat, and soybeans. During the 2019 National Corn Growers Association's Corn Congress held last week, participants had the opportunity to learn more about trade in a trade school. 
Ted Schrock is a farmer from Elm Creek, Nebraska. We'll use greens, put it on, just kind of describe the, the current world problems we have right now and, and moving our products, you know, U.S. 330 million people in the U.S., but we grow enough food for 2.2 billion and things need to keep moving and it's, it's, it's an issue right now. So it'd be, be nice to get USMCA passed and uh, then move on to TPP in Japan and our other issues. Certainly one of the takeaways, we need trade. Yes, <laughs> Folks it, in Nebraska need that trade. Things on. don't work very well if, if, if things don't leave our country. So, How can you take some of those uh, things you heard in the trade school earlier this week and apply it later in the week on the Hill as you're talking with uh, lawmakers? Yeah, as we talk to representatives, just, just tell them how important it is to us, you know, that we're hurting, you know, the, the, the bean prices we had last year were just awful, and, and uh, it's really tough to make a living in agriculture the last couple of years. That needs to change if we're going to survive. Passing USMCA, getting some of those trade agreements would certainly help on that front. What yes. else are you hearing in terms of policy creation as you're sitting in on some of these meetings today? Uh, a lot of the, the uh, refinery waivers, I don't Nobody can find a reason for those. They, you know, when you stick the RFS and and, uh, and and get rid of the refinery waivers, they're not small refinery waivers. Everybody knows that. There's 38 more on the docket that shouldn't be there. And, and yeah, we need to continue to support ethanol and, and E15. What's the importance of you coming from Elk Creek, Nebraska, to Washington, D.C., to have a voice here, here in the nation's capital? Well, like right now I should be home helping them dig out pivots, but this is, you know, it's nice to represent my local corn growers and, uh, and do what I can to help uh, keep, keep our commodities going. Catherine Jones, a recent graduate from the University of Nebraska-Lincoln, was also attending Corn Congress last week. She explains it's not her first time out in the nation's capital. No, this is not my first Corn Congress, um, but with each Corn Congress I have learned something new. I started... Uh, two years ago with the Nebraska Corn Board as their intern and I came out to Corn Congress in Anaheim, California and absolutely loved it and I've tried to find a way to get back each year to continue learning about um, the corn industry and all the policy that's happened. One of the highlights so far has definitely been that trade school and I've always kind of had an interest in trade and policy and this was one of the first conferences and seminars I've attended where it really helped me kind of wrap my head around trade and policy and um, it was really nice to get a background of where trade started in the United States and how it's impacted agriculture along the way. What are your future plans and how is this experience and the previous two corn congresses helping uh, you propel yourself into your future? Yeah, absolutely. I'm super, super excited to move to uh, Georgia in August and I'm going to be a bulldog at the University of Georgia um, and work on my master's there in agriculture communications and all of the corn congresses um, I've attended, the three, and um, this one here are just kind of helping me gather experiences to help me apply to my um, furthering of my education. In total, more than 70 farmers, state staff, and college students interested in agriculture participated in the 2019 Trade School. On the Rural Radio Network, I'm Bryce Duskit reporting. Grain markets today ended mixed. Dewey Nelson on the Rural Radio Network with John Payne, Senior Marketing Analyst with Daniel's Ag Marketing in Chicago and publisher of the newsletter This Week in Grain. What did you see as far as the corn trade today and why that ended up higher? Well, we saw the midday turnaround really across the across the, the board, not not so much in the, in the row crop eggs, but you saw in cotton, you saw in crude oil, hogs certainly surged, uh, cattle as well um, as 
face-to-face meetings now scheduled, so we're kind of back into that innuendo game of, of uh, you know, what's going to happen with China. Um, it, the market's going to be very bored here the next couple of weeks, and I fear that that's where you can make some mistakes. I think waiting, waiting for moves, you get impatient, you, you come out, and then all of a sudden the market surges on some rumors, and then it breaks again. So it's a, uh, it's kind of a waiting game here until the 12th, which is what three Mondays from now, or two Mondays from this next Monday. So we've got. We've got some some waiting to do, and until that happens, you know, it's going to be pretty much following wheat. So with corn very pinned down by the KC market, Chicago wheat's now starting to collapse a little bit. Corn's going to find it difficult to rally. But, you know, you're going to need short covering moves on the wheat, and when that happens, I expect corn to jump. Uh, 420 looks to be a good target to buy, for my in my opinion. Uh, um, you know, I'm not sure we'll see it this week or not, but um, I'd like to see the market you know, push back up to 440 by before I'd make any sales. But I don't think the market's going to break like we've seen in the last couple of, of years until we figure out what the acreage is. Let's switch gears. The dollar index was up pretty substantially today to over 97. Gold was higher to a six-year high. Silver was higher. How much did that enter into the traders' minds? Well, for grains, it should matter over the longer run. I, I think it's um, the currency game is very bullish for, for commodities in general and assets across the board. Um, the problem we have with currencies, if you're just looking at the dollar index, again, you're measuring against the euro and the yen, and, and the, the euro, European Central Bank is going to cut rates again or start another quantitative easing program again on Thursday, sounds like. So um, with the U.S. Federal Reserve, meeting early next week to cut rates, or at least we expect to cut rates. So it'll be interesting to see what what that actually does, because as these other markets and other, these other currencies, Brazil did it earlier this week, cut rates, it, it makes the dollar stronger, and it, it makes essentially, it encourages us to have to cut as well. Um, so we're, we're following the rest of the globe down in that rabbit hole, and um, that's going to be mark, bullish for markets like gold, bullish like Bic, for markets like Bitcoin, anything that's really fixed. Land costs should 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 go up as well. I, I think anything that's fixed is going to perform well in a, in a low interest environment. You would think at some point when we find out what the grain supply is, uh, it'll go up as well. Thanks, John. John Payne, Senior Marketing Analyst, Daniels Ag Marketing in Chicago. Be sure to check out their website, danielsagmarketing.com. Dewey Nelson on the Rural Radio Network. And that'll do it for our midday program here on KRVN. To hear today's midday program in its entirety, go to podcasts on krvn.com.